0: I offer my humble obeisances thousands and millions of times to the lotus feet of divine grace AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada and to all of you uh, because you are Vaishnavas and therefore the most worshipable in the three worlds. Hare Krishna. Tonight we'll read from the Bhagavad Gita. And we're at chapter six. And uh, starting up at te- text number 29 it says, Sarvabhutta Sarva Sarvabhutta nichatmani, Ikshite Yogi Yuktatma, Sarvatra A true yogi observes me in all beings and also sees every being in me. Indeed, the self-realized person sees me, the same Supreme Lord, everywhere. Purport. A Krishna conscious yogi is the perfect seer because he sees Krishna, the Supreme, situated in everyone's heart as supersoul, paramatma. Ishvara sarva puhutana amridesha the Lord, in his Paramatma feature, is situated within both the heart of the dog and that of the pramana. The perfect yogi knows that the Lord is eternally transcendental and is not materially affected by his presence in either a dog or a pramana. That is the supreme neutrality of the Lord. The individual soul is also situated in the individual heart, but he is not present in all hearts. That is the distinction between the individual soul and the super soul. One who is not factually in the practice of yoga cannot see so clearly. A Krishna conscious person can see Krishna in the heart of both the believer and the non-believer. In the Smriti, this is confirmed as follows: Atatvat chamatrivat paramohari. The Lord, being the source of all beings, is like the Mother and the Maintainer. As the Mother is neutral to all different kinds of children, the Supreme Father or Mother is also. Consequently, the Supersoul is always in every living being. Outwardly also, every living being is situated in the energy of the Lord. As will be explained in the seventh chapter, the Lord has primarily two energies, the spiritual or superior and the material, material or inferior. The living entity, although part of the superior energy is conditioned by the inferior energy, the living entity is always in the Lord's energy. Every living entity is situated in him in one way or another. The yogi sees equally because he sees that all living entities although in different situations according to the results of fruit of work, in all circumstances remain the servants of God. While in the material energy, the living entity serves the material senses, and while in the spiritual energy he serves, excuse, he serves the spiritual energy, he serves the Supreme Lord directly. In either case, the living entity is the servant of God. This vision of equality is perfect in a person in Krishna consciousness. So the words sarva bhuta Stam, situated in all beings, atmanam the super soul. So the uh, one of the visions of the person situated in yoga in consciousness of Krishna is that uh, Krishna is. He sees, she sees that um, the super soul is there within the heart of every living being. So, this is uh, the true test of knowledge. Krishna says, Vidya Vinaya Sampane, Cha, The test of a person's um, knowledge or being a pundit is that uh, he or she has this vision that the Soul and the super soul are present within every living being. Just the external body is different. Sarva, Bhutani, and all living entities. Atmani, cha, Atmani, in the self. Ikshati, Ikshate, he does see. Yoga, Yukta, Atma, one who is dovetailed in Krishna consciousness. Sarvatra, everywhere, Samadarshina. So the true Yogi observes me in all beings and also sees every being in me. Indeed, the self-realized person sees me, the same Supreme Lord, everywhere. So the uh, <clears throat> Prabhupada mentions here that the living entity is situated either in the, in the material energy or the spiritual energy. And in this material energy, it's described um, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, that we're in a trance-like state. So, Srimad Bhagavatam tells of various levels of consciousness, material consciousness. There's a, a awakened consciousness, or that is a consciousness when the soul and the body is aware of the external circumstances in his or her life, and is interacting with them. And then there's sleeping. And in sleep, there's sleep with dreams and sleep without dreams. The uh, <clears throat> The mode of being awake is actually a kind of trance-like situation because the living being is absorbed in matter. When he has not developed the consciousness of God and the living entity, then he's in a kind of trance. Krishna describes... In the second chapter of the Gita, Vishayam pum, Sangat Sanjayate kama, kama, There's a way in which I'm looking out externally at the world, and I'm observing the sense objects, and then I'm becoming enamored of them. And uh, because of that, they pull me in, and I become attached to them. And that attachment is a kind of entrancement called abhini absorption in in matter. And because of that, I'm not actually able to see my uh, true nature, which is above the senses, above the mind, and above the the intellect. Now, interestingly, uh, and this is something that's easily understood logically, uh, that which is more subtle a more subtle entity can understand a grosser entity, but not vice versa. For instance, the senses can't see the mind, and the mind can't see the intellect, and the intellect can't see the soul, because each one is progressively more subtle, and the the grosser cannot see the, the more subtle. And, uh, of course, the living entity is the most subtle, because... As Krishna describes to Arjuna at the beginning of uh, chapter 2, the soul is categorically different from matter and doesn't die. It doesn't uh, become diminished at any time uh, by any material circumstance. It's, it's eternal. It can't be burned. It can't be dried. It can't be moistened. And uh, it never dies. It only transmigrates from one body to the next. And uh, the living entity, however, uh, becomes, due to its uh, smallness, becomes enamored of of matter by looking at it and considering it uh, to be a a source of enjoyment. And then goes into a kind of a trance-like situation and uh, becomes absorbed either in the awakened state or in the Sleeping state with dreams, or when he goes into uh, a deep sleep without dreams. Meanwhile, um, all this is taking place. This means the life of the living entity is taking place uh, within uh, the mind, on the surface of the mind. In other words, uh, the soul within the body is absorbed in uh, watching the images that are as if uh projected onto the the screen of the mind and um and then takes that to be uh his life so in uh enlightened consciousness when the yogi becomes aware of his own self and sees that I'm separate from the mind, I'm separate from the intellect, and also becomes acutely aware that the, I'm not the ultimate. There's a source of, from, of my life, that I'm, I'm being maintained by um, a super spirit. And uh, in that state, the, the living entity becomes entranced in the, in the soul, uh, in, in, in his own self, And also, as he turns his attention towards the super spirit or the super soul, he becomes entranced by the super soul. Either way, he's entranced. It's the nature of the living entity to be in some kind of a trance. So the material trance is uh, kind of like a nightmare for the soul because it's incompatible with the situation in the material world. And it's developed over a long period of time by association with the modes of material nature. The uh, the material nature uh, starts in a nondescript way as prakriti, and then when it's agitated by the three modes of material nature, time and karma, it takes distincti- distinctive shapes. But as Krishna describes in the Bhagavad Gita, it's all a product of, uh, it's all coming from the same um, wellspring, Ring of energy, which is the lower energy. And then it takes various shapes and so forth. And um, by my association with the three modes of material nature, I become conditioned by them. And Krishna then says in the Bhagavad Gita, that uh, he describes even the lower energy as divine, because it's coming from him. And it's difficult to overcome. It's also difficult to be involved with, as we're experiencing right now. There are uh, constant um, changes going on in the material energy, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Sanatana Goswami that these uh, harass the living entity who takes on a material body in the form of adyatmik, adibotic, and adidivic miseries. These are the kleshas. And really these uh, kleshas, adyatmik means from one's own bo- mind and body, one experiences miseries. Adyadaivik from the devas or from natural uh, movements of of the world, the way that the weather changes, the weather, natural disasters, and so forth. And Adibautic. Uh, other living entities uh, apparently for no reason attack us and uh, occupy our bodies and so forth, and these are always going on constantly. So d- it's difficult. Krishna says, "Daiva hi dura I mean, it's a very difficult situation for the living entity. Elsewhere, a krishna describes, vamsho jiva lokai jiva sanatana prakritistani this means that, uh, that the living entity, who's uh, spiritual, is grappling very hard with the material senses and the mind, all, all the material senses which is headed by the mind. So there it is. The mind is the repository of, of all the uh, impulses that come in through the senses. And um, then they uh, agitate the, the um uh, the mind, those modes, especially the lower modes of rajas and tamas. And uh, and when when one's mind is conditioned by rajas and by tamas, then it's impossible to see uh, one's real nature. Uh, In uh, ignorance, uh, one is uh, simply downtrodden. It's very difficult to do anything, and it's only suffering. In rajas, there's a sense that I'm doing something, but I'm never fulfilled. I'm constantly running after the next desire, and uh, whatever I get, it's not enough. But only from sattva can one have a sense that I'm something beyond the material body. I actually have an existence that's eternal, that it's real. And uh, Krishna says, even from that mode of sattva, one can become conditioned by a sense that I'm better than others, that I'm happy, and so forth. And then, of course, there's a transcendental consciousness, which is affected by or attained by uh, acting in Krishna consciousness. And Krishna describes in the Gita, Mam bhakti yogena sevate sagunan yakopate. when one engages in devotional service here. She can rise above these modes of material nature and come to the level of of Brahman and uh, see oneself. This is a, a, a powerful understanding uh, to know uh, oneself. And uh, the mistake that, that uh, conditioned living beings make is thinking that I am my body. <laughs> but Mahaprabhu, Comes out and says, Nam Vipro Nacha, Nanapatir Napi, Vaisho Nasudro, the Hamvarni, Nacha Gripatir no Manasto Yatova, Kintu Propuria Das Das Anudasaha, Nam Vipro Nacha, Nanapatir Napi, Vaisho Nasudro, the Hamvarni, Nacha Gripatir no Manasto Kintu Projan Nikila Paramaranda, Purnam Retab, Der bartu Bartu, Paracamalayor Das Das Anudasaha. So he says. Uh, uh, what is my identification? I am I have nothing to do with the material body and then he names, I'm not a Brahmana, I'm not a Kshatriya, I'm not a Vaishya, I'm not a Shudra, I'm not a Brahmacharya, I'm not a Grahasta, uh, Sannyasi. Um, uh, I'm none of these things. Uh, I'm actually the eternal servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna, who's the lover of the gopis. And uh, most uh, people conditioned by the modes of material nature identify one way or another with the body or the mind, and therefore they suffer. So Krishna consciousness uh, means to develop um, wisdom scars, The scars that we've uh, accumulated over many, many lifetimes, the impressions on our mind and the way that we've become entranced by them, uh, keep me fixed in this bodily conception of life. And then Krishna says, This is what causes samsara. I leave the body absorbed in matter, abhini thinking that I am the body. One of the uh, great obstacles to to yoga is uh, clinging to the body. And sometimes when people are leaving this world, or leaving their their material body, they uh, they cling to it. They don't want to let it go. It's a very difficult thing to let go of, unless one's uh, become practiced in Krishna consciousness, and it's very difficult to watch somebody leave their body if you're attached to them also, because where are they going and what's going on, but Krishna says if you know the science of Krishna consciousness, and you've seen it for yourself, that you're not your body, this is not a a traumatic experience, there's a way in which uh, one sees what's actually going on. If you have uh, knowledge, then you see pasyanti. You can understand what's happening. And if you don't, vimuda uh, pasyanti. If you're foolish, if you haven't cultured Krishna consciousness, cultivated Krishna consciousness, then you can't see anything at all. You're like you die like an animal, and then you take a rebirth because whatever we're attracted to when we leave this body um, material nature accommodates we get a nose and we get an eye and we get all the external senses according to uh, what we're attracted to and what we're attached to and what we're entranced by so these uh Oh, wisdom samskaras mean that we have to read the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam and the other uh, scriptures. Uh, by reading them, this is called Swadhyaya. it means that uh, we, we actually put in wisdom samskaras, and according to Patanjali in the Yoga Sutras, there's a way in which the what are called the klishta samskars, or the samskars that cause us misery and attachment to the material world? They're actually uh, overwritten, is that in computer language? They, they're, they're overwritten by these more uh, virtuous samskars that come from hearing uh, shastra. Another way in which he describes, does uh, Patanjali, that one overcomes the scars of the mind that uh, force us into bad habits is by uh, practicing self-control. Of course, which starts first the chicken or the egg, but he points out that even a little bit of self-control uh, or tapas applied in one's life can be very effective at bringing uh, sattva into the mind and intelligence. It becomes uh, illuminated. And this samskar is very encouraging because, uh, as he points out, and actually it's in Vyasadeva's commentary to this uh, Yoga Sutra, he points out that each time that you uh, control your senses according to Krishna's instructions, uh, it creates a a new samskar, an impression in your mind. Wow, I just did that for Krishna. And uh, you become enlivened by it. And he said, even the tiniest of of, uh, application of this even if you have a river of klishta samskaras or unlimited uh, samskaras that make misery for you by being attached to the to the material world if you add a little bit of this um, samskar where you're uh, acting on Krishna's order you're following his order as Krishna says in the Gita just follow my order then you'll feel happy because as Prabhupada points out, we have to follow some dictate. It's our nature. We have to follow a dictate. You see that uh, people always gravitate towards somebody. Um, You know, I noticed it in my parents. They all had, they were, they were professors. They all had their mentors in philosophy and at at the university. They had, I always noticed they followed a certain person. We're behind this person. And then you look in the world of politics. Everyone has to line up somewhere to follow some dictation. And uh, therefore, um, if one follows Krishna's dictation, one uh, then is uh, acting rightly. And by the, the very act of doing that, one develops these very powerful wisdom samskars and that they actually suppress the um uh, some scars or the impressions in our mind that cause us misery as one author a devotee author uh, wrote he said they're like terminator some scars they go after the other ones and annihilate them so you can be you can help yourself so just a, a couple more points uh, before uh, we take some reflections but It's important uh, also, according to Rupa Goswami and other Vaishnava authors, that we're careful about tapas. We don't want to overdo it. Some yogis, of course, we know the history in India. I mean, in Vrindavan, I remember in the old days, when we go on Vrindavan Parikram, there there was this yogi, I mean, some kind of yogi. He was doing this austerity of standing up, and he never sat down. Of course, he cheated a little bit because he had a swing, and he was leaning on it. But, you know, he, he was there for for years, just standing in one place. And um, his his legs became very swollen and everything like that. But that was his austerity. And, you know, Hiranyakashipu, he stood on his tippy toes and he put his hands in the air and he didn't, you know, put them down for th- tens of thousands of years to perform austerity. So austerities that are... Um, Performed to harm the bodily uh, organs, Krishna says these are not good. They're in, they're in the lower modes of nature. But we must perform some tapasya. Otherwise, why does Rishabhadeva says say, say uh, He says uh, <laughs> He says um, don't act like animals. They have no self control whatsoever. But Tapodivyam Putraka Yena Satvam Shudyad Yasmad Brahma Salkyam Twanantam. Nayam Deho Deha Bhajan Riloke Kashtan Kam Adahate Vidbujamy. He said, There are all kinds of animals and they just do whatever they want. Don't be like them. But um perform some tapo divyam, some divine austerity. So these are more gentle austerities. They're not these kind that uh, damage us. They don't push us beyond our limits. Because even as Krishna points out to Uddhava, if somebody, yogis, perform austerities that are too severe, then the the senses will will rebel. And they'll come back asking for more later. (laughs) You'll have to pay the price. So we perform uh, bhakti um, tapasya through devotion to Krishna. Uh, If we follow his instruction, we hear his instructions through the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam. And then uh, in the course of expressing our devotion to him, like working for Krishna, that's a kind of tapasya, you work for Krishna, give some of your money for Krishna, or you listen to Krishna, that takes an austerity of the ears. Because as Prahlad says, the ears just want to hear the radio, they want to hear um, CNN, or they want to hear some kind of music, pop music, or as Prabhupada writes in the translation in the seventh canto, uh, cinema songs. (laughs) But if you, it's a very gentle tapasya, but if you just redirect your hearing process to hear the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita, this is the best kind of tapasya. And then serving uh, him, In various ways in his devotees. So by doing that, one can get what's called experiential realization. And then uh, it's recommended for the bhakti yogi, uh, who's developing this uh, kind of realization, that to have uh, an enlightened engagement with the world, work in the world, Krishna says, but be enlightened about it. Uh, See why you're working there. And uh, what's the purpose of it? And then he says, you won't be touched by it. So everybody in this world acts according to their understanding. We can't do otherwise. So it's important to come to this standard that Krishna is talking about in the Bhagavad Gita of realizing who we are. We're Krishna's eternal servants. We're non-material entities. We're the atma within the body. And we should see and deal with others in the same way, understanding that they're spiritual souls. Of course, as Prabhupada says in the Shriyusha Panishon, we shouldn't imitate the uttama adhikari. And uh, uh, however, we should, anupashyati, we should follow in the footsteps of those who understand this completely, and we should understand it through Shastra. And as much as possible, we should have pratyaksha. Pratyaksha dharmyam. We should actually realize it for ourselves because only in that will we find a real satisfaction and a, a real enlightened way of living. And now we'll take a few uh, questions or reflections. Here's Kunta Nayaka coming all the way from Mysore. He says, do some scars, impressions and conditioning all mean the same thing? Yes. So, There are a couple terms that Patanjali uses in his Yoga Sutras. Uh, The vrittis, uh, which really, uh, you know, the root word of it means turning. So turning and churning. There's ways in which the mind is always uh, turning around. Always like, you know, I like to eat something one week and this is the best thing I ever had. And then then something changes and I say, I don't like it anymore. (laughs) People... They get together and they say, I love you. And then, you know, two years later, 10 years later, 22 years later, they say, I hate you now. And let's, I never want to see you again. These are all the uh, churnings of the mind. In any case, a scar is an impression. It's very subtle and it's uh, its left in the mind. And the, the uh, vrittis are also a kind of impression and uh, perhaps the scars are, are described as being a little deeper. The fact is we've accumulated uh, unlimited numbers of impressions that are left. Whatever t- whenever we have an interaction with the, with the world, it leaves a little photograph in our mind. I mean, look through your hard drive just in, in this lifetime and see how many little things you've got there. There's a record down at Facebook of everything that you've ever looked at. Probably the government has it too. And uh, imagine that times a trillion and then towards times trillions of lifetimes. And you can see how many impressions are there within the mind. And uh, when a baby's born, people that don't have knowledge think that, you know, it's a clean slate, but actually even the baby is dreaming inside the womb and in a, in, um, in a very a simple way and then later as it develops and the brain develops there's, there's much more recognition of all these samskaras and they start to manifest in one's uh, predisposition towards uh, certain kinds of things in fact uh, one may think I'm acting freely and Krishna says this in the Gita brakrite kriyamana ni gunai karmani sarvusha ahamkara vimudatma kartaham itimanyate Person thinks I'm free. I'm doing all these things. I'm choosing what I like, but actually, you're not. You're being dictated to by your mind, telling you um, uh, take this, take that, based on the kind of some uh, scars that you've developed over over a long time, long period of time. So uh, there's there's not um, a huge difference uh, made in the Yoga Sutras about. Sun scars and and vrittis. they both have their effect on on the mind, and they're they're described to be like um, a print, a little print of the activity is left whenever we have an interaction with the world. Oh. Yes.
1: This is uh Sadhvi Navindas. Yeah. I- so. Um, Many people have heard the Ajamila story of how he first uh, went, how he first went, uh, how he first was a devotee of the Lord, and then he saw, and then he became a materialist because of a prostitute. So people may think, and then he, and then he chant after when he was on his deathbed, he chanted the name Narayana, and then the Vishnu Dutas came. So many people might think that, you know. I will do all like materialistic stuff now, but when I'm on my deathbed, I'll just chant Narayana. So I don't I did not get it like how uh, people may think that I'll do materialistic stuff and then I'll chant Narayana and the, and then the Lutas uh, will come so I can enjoy my uh, life here and then I can um, on my deathbed I'll just chant Narayana and the Lutas will come. How uh, I didn't get that.
0: You didn't get what? Why people think that, or what's the? I difference?
1: How, uh, Why? Uh, no, because I didn't get the like uh, how? Why the Vishnu Dutas came? I mean, they he they came because uh, he chanted Narayana, but how people may think that. So how how do you? What will you uh, how will you uh, know?
0: Well, there's a couple points, Sadhu, and that is uh, those are that. Uh, the quality of the chanting, it makes a difference. And the way that Jamil chanted was uh, innocent. He was calling his son. He wasn't chanting because he, he had a sinful life, and then he thought, well, let me get rid of all these sins, so I'll chant. That's uh, Nama Aparadha. And this effect isn't the same at all as uh, what happened with Jamil, because Jamil, in his... Uh, earlier life had been a dutiful brahmin. He had cultivated devotional service as well. So he had, he had those impressions there already, an inclination. And then when he fell down, due to these retrograde kind of samskaras and the interaction with the modes of material nature, then it was an innocent way in which he was calling out. He was actually calling for his son, not for Narayan. But it was because of his association with devotional service earlier on that he called his son to ryan in the first place so that's one thing and another thing is that it's uh it's one thing to, to to say that i'll just wait till the end but anyone who's been in school knows if you wait till the end to practice you know to write your essay the night before it doesn't work out too well <laughs> or just say I'll wait, I'll wait till an hour before I take my final exam. I'll wait till I, uh, like five minutes before I take the SATs. I mean, death is harder than the SATs, way harder. And if I, you know, if I waited five minutes before I took SATs, how well would I do? So people can say so many things out of arrogance that I'll do this and I'll do that. But actually we should be humble and understand that uh, we're really at the mercy of the Lord. And uh, we should um, be fully absorbed in him as soon as possible. In fact, that's something that Prahlad said, He said, uh, it's very valuable human form of life. He said, but don't wait. Start to practice as soon as you're a child, as soon as you understand that I have this opportunity. You're right if you understand that this is a valuable opportunity and I should use it. Um, These arrogant people who say, you know, I'll wait till later, it doesn't matter, and things like that, they don't do that well. It doesn't work out. So um, practice well when you have the full consciousness and you can really put, put your heart into it. And if you're lucky enough to start when you're young and really get some momentum, and keep going through. If you can make it through your teenage years, oh my God, I mean, it's so powerful because generally most people get swept away in their teenage years. They just somehow or other, they just become stupid and they start thinking that they have to show off for the opposite sex and they do all kinds of crazy stuff. But if you can keep your senses regulated, you don't have to be an austere yogi, but if you're sensible and regulate yourself and you stay engaged in devotional service, until, uh, you know, you're past the uh, hormonal, you know, hurricanes, you can be, um, become a, an acharya uh, or something like that, because um, it's so valuable from the time you're 16, 17, all the way through 28, 30, you stay uh, connected to Krishna consciousness, and then, you know, you take some huge responsibilities. Thanks, Sadhu. Let's see what else we got here. Aparagorangi. Uh, Shraddha, do you mind if I'm reading this or do you want to read them?
2: Oh, no, no, Maran. This is, this is good.
0: I don't want to steal any service here. Okay, she said, please set my uh, respectful obeisances. All glory to Shil Prabhupada. Mine to you. I like the point how the devotional impressions have the power to overwrite material scars. Also the phrase wisdom impressions. Yeah, wisdom scars. Wisdom sums, yeah. So there's something you can do about it. It's not that we're just helpless and you know, the mind the way it is, we got it, we can leave it that way. You can change it, you can overwrite those things, and that's the practice of devotional service, especially working for Krishna. Uh, here reading, studying the Shastra and hearing it. Very important and powerful. It has to be done every day. A nityamphavata sevaya means at least once a day you have to overwrite and then um, japa. Uh, these are three things even Patanjali mentions in his section on Kriya Yoga. He said, because most people can't perform meditation because the mind's too agitated. You'll sit down, you'll just get right back up again. You sit down and you start to meditate and you'll think, well, I, got, I got 50 emails I got to write. I can't do this now. There's so many things going on. The mind is spinning. So through the practice of bhakti, this... Uh, practice that's been given to us by uh, Srila Prabhupada through Rupa Goswami and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It works. It actually cleans the heart. Chaito Dabra Marjanam, the sankirtan and the working for Krishna. Prabhupada gave us this uh, this way in which we can we can work for Krishna by uh, spreading the Krishna consciousness movement. I've watched here at ISV. There, there are devotees here who are so qualified. They can start their own you know, empires, and some of them, you know, are doing that on the side. Um, But they put all their intelligence and their physical stamina into spreading Krishna consciousness. Meanwhile, you know, we're all growing old. And if you do that throughout your lifetime, and you chant Hare Krishna and hear Srimad Bhagavatam, there'll come a time when it becomes really easy to sit and hear, and that's all you want to do and that's what um, Kapiladev says is the sign that you've made it in bhakti Madguna guhashaye yata gangam he says uh, when you when you start to hear and it really attracts your mind it means that your 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 minds uh, lower samskaras have been overwritten by the bhakti samskaras and now you're developing this attraction for them, and uh, there's a purification that's noticeable. Okay, what else do we have?
2: Marat, we have some questions on, on and comments on Facebook.
0: Okay. Oh, really? F- our Facebook? That's wonderful. My obeisance to everybody on Facebook.
2: <laughs> and Marat, before we go, that I also wanted to add that I also like the term terminator. <laughs> some scholars. <starters. laughs> terminator that <laughs> so. that was from good
0: waiter <coughs> who wrote the uh, this com- fantastic commentary I'm, I'm halfway through it's a huge <coughs> very dense scholarly work this yoga sutras but edwin bryant is a waiter <coughs> but he's brilliant yes
2: so Basically. we have divyanka prabhu on the call on Div- on facebook Div- yes and yeah. he's got He's sharing the reflection, I am in the mouth of death.
0: That's right. That's from this prayer that Krishna tells we can say. It goes like this. Uh, First, Krishna says, you can place your head at the feet of the deity. And then you can stand with folded hands before the Lord and pray, O my Lord, please protect me, who am surrendered unto you. I am most fearful of this ocean of material existence standing as I am in the mouth of death. You know, I heard Prabhupada say yesterday, he was talking about all the dangers of the world. And then he said, the devotees are cautious, but not fearful. So you just be careful. And uh, don't make Krishna do extra work by trying to come and save you. Okay, what else from Facebook?
2: There's, there's one more question. I think you have answered parts of it. This is from Banshuli Das Prabhu from India. And he's, his question is, how to overcome the repeated strong urges of the mind to indulge in previously appreciated base material desires?
0: Well, the same way that you developed them in the first place. And uh, that's described as a kind of uh, a strong impression that becomes like an addiction. So every time I engage in a sense activity, it makes the impression there stronger. And when it becomes so strong that it overpowers my um, intelligence. So there's a way in which you'll notice if you keep uh, doing something, um, some kind of sense gravitatory activity that's, that's uh, not recommended, then... Um, even if your, your your intelligence decides that it's not a good idea anymore, Let, like enough's enough, let's stop, uh, you may not be able to do it because it's become so strong. So you have to go in the reverse order and little by little introduce these uh, wisdom samskaras and uh, take your daily doses of japa and uh, practicing Krishna consciousness by working for Krishna and so forth and uh, gradually, gradually, those things become overwritten. And there's a way that Krishna helps, because in the, in the Bhagavatam, he says, Krishna He said, I'm gonna help you from within your heart. You do, you do what you can to engage your senses in my service and I'll work with you inside your heart to uh, get rid of, overwrite those uh, bad scars that have been developed.
2: Thank you, Maharaj. Um, and Tadya Siva Prabhu wants to ask the question. He's on Zoom.
0: Maharaj,
1: um, the three modes of, I have a question regarding the three modes of material nature.
0: Yes, Prabhu.
1: We start a day um, trying to be in mode of goodness. You know, we try uh, either reading Srimad Bhagavatam or you know, Bhagavad Gita or Chaitanya or associating with devotees. And then we go into the society or we go into the workplace um, and uh, people may not be in the mode of goodness, but most likely people may be in the mode of passion and ignorance. And um, so even though we started with mode of goodness, we ended up in a place where mode of passion and ignorance is there. So um, are we aloof from the mode of passion and ignorance during that time or um, we are into the mode of passion and ignorance during that time?
0: It depends on on how you interact. So um, Prabhupada told a story about a monkey who made friendship with an alligator. And the monkey lived up in the tree and the alligator was down below uh, in the um, lake, and they struck up a conversation, even though they're uh, mortal enemies because crocodiles eat monkeys. And they became friends, and actually, the the um, crocodile started to really like the monkey. Said he's intelligent, really nice, and so then uh, he said um, to the monkey, "Said you know." we're such good friends. You should come over to my house and, you know, visit my family and stuff. And the monkey said, yeah, I'll think about it. And then uh, the crocodile went home and he told his wife, you know, I'm friends with a monkey. He said, you're friends with a what? And uh, th- that's crazy. He said, yeah. And I invited him over, you know, to the, to the house. And so I don't know if crocodiles live in houses, but they got some kind of little nest or something. And so his wife said to him, you know, you yeah, bring him over. Because there's one thing I've been hankering for is monkey heart. He'll use his heart. And we'll, he'll come over for lunch, but we'll have him for lunch. And the, the crocodile didn't like that very much, but his wife insisted. So he went back to the monkey and he said, okay, um, he was a little reluctant, but he said, you can come over to my house uh, for lunch now. So the monkey said, OK, and he jumped on the back of the crocodile and they got halfway across the lake. And the crocodile said, and you know what, I talked to my wife and actually you're going to be the lunch because she wants to eat your heart. And the monkey, being smarter than the crocodile, said, oh, well, you should have told me that in the first place because I left my heart back in the tree. So if you take me back there, I can get it and we'll bring it uh, for the lunch. And the crocodile said, okay, so he took him back, and the monkey jumped out, went into the tree, and of course never came back. And so uh, the, the, the um, lesson in the story is that even though we have to mix with people who um, may be detrimental, don't expose your heart. So this is in the seventh count of the Bhagavatam. It says there, this, these are Narda's teachings to Yudhishthira. He didn't tell the monkey story, but he said, when a person, a devotee is interacting with the outside world, with people who are not devotees, he said, you you can be very cordial and official, and if they say this, that, the other thing, you say, yes, sir, very good, sir. (laughs) But you don't put your heart into it. Because in order to do your job or whatever you have to do, you have to interact in various ways. But it's yes, sir, no, sir, very good, sir. Thank you very much, sir. And we're, we don't put our heart into it, so leave it. Leave your heart up in the tree, and then you can go here, or there, but don't uh, expose it. Okay, what else? There's uh, Danavari said. Um, Would you please talk more about the Lord's lower energy Maya? Well, you know, there's a story in the twelfth canto, Markandeya Rishi. He was a, a very accomplished yogi such a great soul, and it's such a, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful story. It's a little long to read the whole thing right now. How late do we go, Shredder? Are we at 8 uh, or
2: 8.30 eight today.
0: Okay, so, <clears throat> yeah, Mark and De Arishi, uh, met the Lord face to face because of the power of his austerities and his devotion and his practices, and then the Lord offered him a benediction, and And Markandeya Rishi said, I'd like to see your your maya. I want to see what the external energy is all really all about. And uh, the Lord uh, wasn't so inclined to do this. And he had a smile on his face like, are are you sure about this? This is not a good idea. But he fulfilled the desire of his devotees, so he disappeared. And Markandeya stayed in his ashram, and he was meditating as usual. And then a huge storm came up, and then Uh, it it pounded down water so hard that the um, floods started to come and it washed him away. And then for thousands of years, he was being tossed in the waves of like the Kozla ocean. It was so powerful. Tossed here and there, practically drowning uh, tens of thousands of years. And then uh, finally, he came to this opening in the ocean where he saw a small child lying on a banyan leaf and the child was so uh, beautiful that he couldn't uh keep his eyes away from him he got closer and closer and he saw that this this little child was sucking on his own toe says so krishna in appreciating himself <laughs> and then as soon as he got close enough to the child the child inhaled him he went into his body and then markandeya rishi came back out dry and there he was in his ashram again. So this material energy is nothing to be, uh, um, we, we, we shouldn't dabble in it, we shouldn't test it either. Uh, we should be very aware of the fact that it's very powerful. Prabhupada said when we're, when he was coming across on the Jaladutta, he said the ocean would be very placid, the weather cooperating, and then just to, A few hours later, a huge storm could come up. And he said, Maya is like that. At any time, things can completely switch and go the opposite direction. So uh, the material energy is um, Krishna's energy. And it's really meant to reform our idea about being separate from Krishna and uh, sensitize us in different ways. So um, that's something about Maya. And Shredda said, go ahead, Tadiya Prabhu. That was already done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any more reflections or questions?
2: Maharaj, I was thinking about um, when you were talking about the, the wisdom samskaras, and um, I was thinking about the computer uh, computer model where, in order to execute something, the instructions have to be loaded into the memory. And memory is not, um, you know, like it's not infinite. So as, as you start loading newer instructions onto the computer, the older instructions can kind of fall off from the memory. Hmm. I was just <laughs> drawing a parallel on, you know, how the wisdom sanskaras also push the old bad ones out of your system. That's
0: right. Yeah. That's overriding, right? Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Okay. So now I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read the next verse. And this is uh, text number 30. Yomam paśyati sarvatra sarvam cha mai paśyati tasya hamna pranasyami pranasyati For one who sees me everywhere and sees everything in me, I am never lost, nor is he ever lost to me. Purport, a person in Krishna consciousness certainly sees Lord Krishna everywhere, and he sees everything in Krishna. Such a person may appear to see all separate manifestations of the material nature, but in each and every instance, he is conscious of Krishna, knowing that everything is a manifestation of Krishna's energy. Nothing can exist without Krishna, and Krishna is the Lord of everything. This is the basic principle of Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness is the development of love of Krishna, a position transcendental even to material liberation. At this stage of Krishna consciousness, beyond self-realization, the devotee becomes one with Krishna in the sense that Krishna becomes everything for the devotee, and the devotee becomes full in loving Krishna. An intimate relationship between the Lord and the devotee then exists in that stage. And I just mentioned about that uh, in conjunction with the point I made earlier about working for Krishna. One of the ways to work for Krishna is to spread the Krishna consciousness movement. So Prabhupada writes in The Nectar of Devotion that when one advertises Krishna's glories and invites people to come and serve him, this is very pleasing to Krishna. Otherwise, why would he say in the Bhagavad Gita that there's no one more dear to me than this person who's doing this? And he similarly says that this is a way in which one develops friendship with Krishna you go out and you teach others about Krishna and his uh, qualities and how to worship him and so forth. And this is one of the ways in which you actually develop this uh, relationship of friendship. You become Krishna's friend. At this stage of Krishna consciousness, beyond self-realization, the devotee becomes one with Krishna in the sense that Krishna becomes everything for the devotee, and the devotee becomes full in loving Krishna. An intimate relationship between the Lord and the devotee then exists. In that stage, the living entity can never be annihilated, nor is the personality of Godhead ever out of sight of the devotee. To merge in Krishna is spiritual annihilation. A devotee takes no such risk. It is stated in the Brahma-Sanghita 538. I worship the primeval Lord Govinda, who is always seen by the devotee, whose eyes are anointed with the pulp of love. He is seen in his eternal form of Shamasundar, situated within the heart of the devotee. At this stage, Lord Krishna never disappears from the sight of the devotee, nor does the devotee ever lose sight of the Lord. In the case of a yogi who sees the Lord as Paramatma within the heart, the same applies. Such a yogi turns into a pure devotee and cannot bear to live for a moment without seeing the Lord within himself. (laughs) We find that Kardamamuni was such a soft-hearted yogi he meditated and uh, pleased the Lord through his practices, and uh, the Lord appeared to him. And it's mentioned in that section of the Bhagavatam that the Lord was so compassionate towards this uh, devotee, Kardama, that a tear came to his eyes. And that uh, formed that very sacred lake around where Kardama was meditating, at, uh, that tear. And so I've always been touched by that, you know, how compassionate the Lord is. And when he sees that you're trying uh, to reach him, to contact him, then he helps in every single way that he can. And there's this intimate relationship that develops because the devotee starts to notice that Krishna is helping. And and also the, the devotees notice so many things. First of all, uh, or maybe it's not first chronologically, but here's the first point that came to my head. When there's a, a loving way in which the devotee is trying to extend himself towards Krishna, which really starts by faith. And this faith is described in, in, this, um, in this purport, when the devotee uh, considers that Krishna is the all in all. I remember having these programs we we're calling Bhakti Life, and lots of people would come because it was a spiritual program. And they a lot of these people they would go to a lot of programs. It was from meetup.com. It's a service. I don't know if it's still around, but you know, it's you can put on your on the meetup. Well, it's not a, it's not on right now. <laughs> or maybe it's on Zoom. But uh, there's a way that you, you tell what your program is, and then people who are interested can invite uh, you, uh, can uh, come to the program. So we have these prog- spiritual programs, and I just noticed that people would go from one to the next uh, one one this day, a different one the next day. And some people would say, Oh, Krishna's, you know, I, I like Krishna. He's interesting, he's, he's nice, he's, he's a thing. But then if somebody develops faith, they their their language changes and Krishna is the thing, not a thing, and so that's the, the devotee really develops this faith in Krishna. As Krishna says in the Gita, matva bhajante mam Everything's emanating from me, and the devotee who knows this worships me with all his heart. Heart. This is a clear indication of a, a of faith. First of all, it's a huge revelation to know that Krishna is a person. And there's a sense of gratitude that anywhere a yogi looks, he or she sees that, you know, Krishna's intentionality is behind things. I was planting seeds today in my greenhouse. And um, I was taking a close look at the seeds. I got really nice seeds and um, putting together the individual um, starter cups, you know, to put them in. And each one looks so different. You take it out, put it in. I was thinking how Krishna says, Bija sarva I'm, I'm the seed of all existence. I, I am these seeds. And I was thinking how brilliant it is. And um, of course, anyone can think uh, that, you know, it just came out of nowhere, or it's just an amorphous force. But when you think there's an intelligence Behind it, and there's a benevolence behind it too. That, that's what I was thinking today. I was thinking, I mean. You take t- one tiny little seed. I planted some marigold seeds, and I'm only putting one per hole because these are good seeds. I know they're going to grow. And 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 I was thinking, inside this little sliver, is a you know a whole plant that can produce m- many more. And so I was thinking that, hey, you know. You could, you could live off this. You know, Krishna's giving everything that, that you need to, uh, to survive everywhere. There's water, there's air, there's light, and then you just plant a few seeds, put a, a little roof over your head, and you've got everything you need. There's a person behind that. So um, then the devotee notices that if I try to approach Krishna, sincerely try, then Krishna gives me intelligence in the heart. And he also makes external arrangements so that I can advance. As Ma Prabhu said, Brahmanda Kon Guru Krishna Prasadhi Bhakti the Beach. If you you try this experiment, you take the next three days, and you just sincerely pray all day long for the next three days. I mean, why not? We're not doing anything else, right? For uh, so the next three days, just pray and chant. Krishna. Please reveal yourself to me. Please show me the way. Please show me the next steps. Please show me how to overcome my bad habits. I guarantee you, you're going to change your life in three days. Just by doing that. I mean, Chichar Ketumara, she was so convinced uh, by, his associate, by his experience that he got with his child dying and the whole thing. And then he met his guru and he got the mantra and he just put his whole heart into it within a week. You know, he was directly seeing uh, Shankarshan. So the intensity of our practice, and by the way, it just came to my mind, that's in the Yoga Sutras also, the the, amount, the way that you advance has to do with the intensity of your practice. Um, Krishna is there. He's there within the heart and he'll reciprocate. And uh, the devotees feel that and they start to develop this uh, real uh, sweet relationship with Krishna.
1: I had a question.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Maharaj, I wanted to ask you, um, I was hearing uh, recently about this concept of fasting along with prayer. Uh, a lot of fasting Christians,
0: along with what?
1: With prayer. Prayer. Uh-huh. Fast and yeah. pray. A lot of Christian traditions have that, that if you really need, you know, deep advice and if it's a very strong prayer, you fast and pray and you will get guidance. And I was thinking about that. I couldn't find any proper Shastik reference. In our culture, that we fast and pray. Do we fast and pray when when the need is very strong or if we need real
0: guidance? Yeah, we fast on the Kadashi and we chant all day long. I mean, I'm in
1: trouble and I really need guidance and I'm praying. Does fasting help? What is the concept, Guru Maharaj?
0: No, the concept is really that um, it takes a lot of time and energy to eat. You know, you got to cook it. You got to decide where you're going to buy it, especially nowadays. You know, <laughs> you got you buy to the, buy the boga. You got to cook it. You got to offer it. Then you got to serve it. Then you got to digest it. You got to eat it, which I don't mind. Um, then, you know, digestion, elimination, got to take a nap and so forth. And when you fast, then um, you don't have to do any of that. It's amazing how much time you get when you fast. I mean, I'm amazed. I'm always amazed on a cottage. I just don't eat, and and then it's it's like uh, wow. I wish I was. I wish I could do this every day. <laughs> Actually, I don't think like that. Um, I I I don't. I like taking prashadam. It's it's the happiest time of my life. Uh, every day, every meal. But uh, but fasting is because um, you know we do it to recognize. Certain days that uh, we're going to give full devotion on these days to, to Krishna, and you just get more time.
1: Thank you. But Lord as God. far
0: as fasting to get into some kind of altered state, uh, we don't have that so much. That's a, you know, that's it comes from other traditions. And also, you have to be careful about fasting because you can become more bodily conscious doing some th- stuff like that as well. Of course, for health, you know, you can cut way back. Prabhupada used to say, "There are not very many diseases that you get from eating too uh, less." <laughs> he said, "Most come from eating more, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> eating too much." So, thank you, much Yeah, sure.
2: So, so, Maharaj, then our focus should more be like if we are fasting, it should it be, it should be that we are undergoing this austerity to, again, you know, root out some of the old. I'm bad samskaras like maybe overeating and things like that and not use but, it as a means to
0: achieve something well the best thing to do is offer to krishna and just say krishna i'm doing this for you whatever you do whatever you eat whatever you offer give away whatever austerities you perform do it as an offering to me it's so sweet actually you know like bhakti and he wouldn't take anything that was offered to the deity. That includes clothes and you know <laughs> everything come in as an offering to the deity. And so if we do some austerity, it's like Krishna, I'm doing this for you. And um, you know Krishna doesn't even like his devotees to do such things so much. That's why Madhavendra Puri, you know, he was he was just so humble that he he didn't ask anybody for anything. He didn't, it wasn't like he was, you know, trying to wrench his senses out of their sockets, you know, by, by fasting all the time, but he was just too humble. So he, he'd go to a place and he didn't even beg. He'd just sit down and chant. And, and he, he felt like, you know, wh- why do I deserve anything? And if Krishna, you know, then, you know, when he was sitting in Vrindavan, Krishna came along and he, he brought him a pot of milk and he said, here, drink this said, so, how'd you know I was here? And he said, the, the village ladies told me. And, uh, you know, and then the boy disappeared, he drank the milk, he had a little dream, and then he realized that boy was Krishna, and then he was telling him, I'm in the bushes, I was buried here with the mogul invasion, and, you know, come get me. And so, you know, the fasting of Madhavendra it's very sweet, you know, it's just, uh, otherwise, you know, we take prasadam, because that's a uh, we offer to Krishna, we take the prasada, but we should be yukta. Don't eat too much, don't eat too little. But we could fast like, a, it's isn't it ecstatic fasting on Janmashtami? We all do it together, we're working all day long. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you just feel like, hey, I offered it to Krishna, it feels good. All these things add up also, you know, they add up.
2: Thank you so much, Mude.
0: Sure. Hare Krishna. Yes, Prabhu. Hare Krishna,
2: Prabhu this SKP. Hey,
0: SKP is on the line. It's a big <laughs> uh,
2: Prabhuji. It it reminded me like uh in I think Krishna Balram Temple. Prabhu, he he said those who are not coming for Mangal Arati don't give him prashtadam. <laughs> and then then Prabhupada, they are sick. Prabhupada, they are sick. Then sick means they have to fast. so that reminded me that you said the first thing here you'll like
0: this one SKP there's a recording Prabhupada says so he tells how in rich Indian families because he was the way the conversation was going he was telling how if you're a a yogi in your last life you get an opportunity born in a a wealthy family and he said in India you know wealthy families they, they keep a deity and so your whole life is centered around deity worship they have their own temple room you know and so then he said uh he's seen in many families the other families and then the mother of the family she would uh you know she would take the the attendance to see who's coming to Mangalartik in the family and and then if you didn't come you'd have to fast or pay some penalty so he said for <laughs> us if you miss Mangalartik, he said then you have to sell one krishna book <laughs> <laughs> well that's amazing <laughs> Yeah, just see how Prabhupada thought oh wow but probably wasn't over he didn't push these austerities so heavily you know unnecessary austerities the main us like even once they said we need to fast on your appearance day you know before the initiate oh it was an initiation day do we have to fast Prabhupada said you're already fasting you don't eat meat fish or eggs <laughs> i mean yeah. we forget i guys walking around our neighborhood today because we have to take Walks a few times a day, so we can, you know, keep our uh, stamina going here. And uh, you know, you, I just noticed uh, around the neighborhood, maybe for the first time after 32 years of living here, that there's other people here, and that, uh, and their lifestyle is very different from ours. And it's like we, our devotee lifestyle is, it's, uh, it's very different. I mean, we we only eat the best things because we're offering them to Krishna. We offer everything before we eat it. And, uh, you know, we get up early in the morning and it, these are just things we're used to. We like doing, we couldn't live without them. And, uh, you know, that's considered severe austerity to most people. I saw, I, and I would go two walks a day in the afternoon walk. I saw a guy running around in his pajamas. And, uh, sure enough, you know, people, they're in all day in their pajamas, some people they don't go to bed until two in the morning, and then they sleep all day. <laughs> so you know, if you just follow touch, touch, karma pravartana, the various activities that the acharya set up, it's sublime. The light comes into your life. Your heart becomes satisfied. I mean, what could what could be more satisfying than? taking a little time early in the morning before the sun comes up to read the Bhagavad Gita, you're sitting there with Krishna and he's speaking directly to you in a loving way, just to instruct you. And your mind and senses, they become just us. There's this ray of, of transcendence. It just comes into the mind and heart and you feel happy. Then if you offer some incense to the deities, you know, you can hear the bell ringing and somebody's in cooking for Krishna And all these things are going on. And, I mean, our senses are just overwhelmed with happiness because of uh, being with Krishna. And Krishna's, I mean, who doesn't want to be with Krishna? If you're not with Krishna, you're a loser. Because, uh, you know, Krishna's the, he's the center of all attention for everybody. And anything that we see that's good in the world, it's coming from him anyway. He created it. So this whole lifestyle of Krishna consciousness is be- very beautiful. There was another one. Someone was about to get in. Yeah,
2: uh, Ankita has also posted a reflection on the chat message. Oh,
0: how nice, Ankita. So let's see. Hare Krishna. Please accept my most humble obeisance. Mine to you. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for the beautiful lecture. Prayers reminded me the fact that Krishna is known as uttamashloka, which means one who is praised with beautiful prayers. Yeah, there's nothing like Bhagavatam. Uh, we need that. Prabhupada points that out when he speaks about the needs of the human being. We need refined philosophy, uh, art. Uh, we need music. These things uh, satisfy the soul and all comes from Krishna consciousness. It's a cultural process and it, it uh, purifies all the senses. It lets the light into the senses. If you just engage them in Krishna service, sing, dance, feast. I used to, before I joined the movement, I used to do all these crazy fasts and everything like that. Gave away all my stuff. I, you know, I I wouldn't, you know, wear shoes in the freezing cold, and I I thought that, and then uh, I was just eating a little bit, and when I got to the temple, I was skinny as a rail, and uh, actually, I saw before I came there, although I wasn't fully convinced until like about a weekend about this eating thing, but it it said, chant, dance, and feast, and I had to admit, it caught my mind. (laughs) This sounds better, much better <laughs> <laughs> and fasting and, and stuff like that. And then when I got there, they said, no, no, you got to take prasadam. And I still remember these scars from walking in the temple are still there. First day, how clean it was. I mean, that's why it's so important to have a clean temple. You got to clean every corner. It should smell clean, the incense. I smelled the incense. And then the prasadam. And then they had water. Deity water was there with it. Still had water, uh, flower petals in it. And they said, "Drink this. Smell that." You know, and those are the things that you know that for, for Bhakti yogis, those are the some scars. And all you have to do is live around Krishna, because that's what he does every day. He's he's into all the best stuff. Hare
1: Krishna, Hare Krishna Maharaj.
0: Hari Krishna. Hey. Good to see you. I love the backdrop.
1: That's Ojula's backdrop. Yeah. Madhaj, a quick question. Talking about austerity. So, what would should be our uh, you know uh, mindset, or why why should we do? So, I mean, why whenever we do some austerity, especially let's say we go on a dham, then you know sometimes we do little more than our capacity in terms of austerity. Now, you know, so what what should be our mood? of those austerities we're not, not limited to dham of course even otherwise
0: well one way to think about it Prabhu is to think about following in the footsteps of the great souls so when you go to the dham you find out you know what did what did Prabhupada do when he came to the dham what do, you know? What did others in our line do and of course following in the footsteps meaning doing what you can do accordingly because Juva Maharaj you know he's he's uh, <laughs> We can't imitate him, but Prabhupada says, you can follow in his footsteps. So let's say you go to the dom, and there's, a, there's some austerities that you can do when you get there, like uh, one of the austerities, as soon as you get to the dom, you should, you should roll on the ground uh, in the dust of Vrindavan. So, you know, you might just go like, ew, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, you have to overcome the mind and just roll in the dust. And, uh, you know, experience that. And then, and then when you first get there, you, should, you know, you can do some fast and you take a bath. Of course, like the jamuna became really polluted. And then even sadhus weren't going in because they're pouring chemicals in, you know, up, upstream. So then, you know, you wouldn't do the austerity and say like, oh, I have to go in anyway, uh, even though other sadhus aren't going in right now, you know, and do that kind of thing. Main kind of austerity really is is if you come with a service attitude and think, what kind of service can I do? And how can I take advantage of hearing? Uh, you know, Organize your schedule around that so you can be there and hear. That's what mostly is uh, what you should do in the DOM is hear from advanced personalities. Because advanced personalities like the DOM, and they spend a lot of time there. And if you can find somebody like that, and then you go in here, that's the best austerity. Okay. Prabhupada didn't wear shoes on uh, Govardhan Parikram and things like that. It was a morning walk. I was on it in, in Vrindavan. And uh we were walking along, at, back around the Vrindavan temple that was very rustic at that time. There were no shops or anything like that. You walk away from Krishna Balaram and you're out in the country, kind of. And so Prabhupada went off off the road, there was only that one road coming into the temple, and we went off. And there was a devotee, a Swami. He was there, and he had bare feet, and there were thorns, and he kept stepping on thorns and kind of jumping, and he was trying, you know, to be uh, unnoticeable, not be noticed, and so. But Prabhupada noticed it, and then he said, "Where are your shoes?" And he said, "Oh, I I don't need shoes, Prabhupada. I didn't bring them." And Prabhupada said, "No, that I." you know, you're walking in there, you're pricking your feet. And he said, Prabhupada, to be with you, it is all right. And Prabhupada said, it is in no way all right. <laughs> he was concerned. You know, he didn't want him pricking his feet. So Prabhupada wasn't into this macho thing where, you know, just, uh, you know, do as many austerities, uh, prick your feet, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Um, he wanted devotees to be uh, healthy and um, take care of themselves austerities fasting on a Kaddishi as much as you can but he didn't push that he never he never really pushed uh staying up all night chanting you know all night and not sleeping and things like that of course probably didn't sleep but he was a paramahamsa at that stage of his life he was just not sleeping at all and um But he didn't tell us in that way. The main austerity that Prabhupada told us to do was to spread the Krishna Consciousness Movement. To chant at least 16 rounds and follow the four regular principles. And that was his mood. If you do that, then you're going to be good. Shredem, what do you got?
2: I got a gem from uh, Anand Vindavan Mataji.
0: Oh, good.
2: (laughs) She's saying that this discussion reminds me of Srimad Bhagavatam where Sukhdev Goswami says it is essential that every human being hear about, glorify, and remember the Supreme Lord always and everywhere. That's 2.2.36.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's the system. That's the main austerity. And uh, if you concentrate on the big ticket items, like hearing and chanting, then everything else comes naturally after that. Was that okay, Maipur, did I disappoint you with, I should have told you to do more severe austerities in the dom or what? No, 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 that was
1: good, I mean, thank you, You know, name. we
0: should go there in a mood of service. So if you go to the dom and you know, somebody gives you a little cot to sleep on, or the floor, or whatever, it's like, okay. Um, yeah. You know, you take, the, because we're not there to enjoy. You know, I see uh, hoardings there in, in Vrindavan, like, li- live here like a king, you know? live here like a king in the king's kingdom or something. They have these things and they have a picture of man and woman enjoying by a swimming pool. It's Vrindavan. You know, we don't go there for that kind of thing. So the austerity for devotees is to think about service. I don't want to go there and get a swimming pool. And I I mean, no offense to anybody who has a swimming pool. I'm sure they, uh, you know, some devotees had them in the summer, they swim in them. But the point is it's the mood. Don't go to the Dom rather go to the dhamma serving mood, and then um, the austerities will become natural. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you, Maharaj.
2: Okay. Two more reflections from Facebook, Maharaj. One is from okay. Havi Prabhu.
0: <laughs> Havi? Havi's famous. Okay, in both worlds, spiritual and material. True. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> so he he's sharing, live around Krishna.
0: Mm. Yeah. If you just stay, stay around Krishna, it's like you get the Raj Bhog. I mean, nobody eats like Krishna. The Raj Bhog, it's properly named the Raj Bhog. <laughs> you offer that to Krishna. You know, every day he's eating these. Of course, I don't recommend eating it every day either. But, you know, you can take little remnants from that. It's so nice. What else, Shrata?
2: And uh, we have Vansuli Das Prabhu again. He says, he's sharing your comment that Krishna is the thing and not a thing.
0: Yeah, just make Krishna the thing. And the first thing when you wake up in the morning, you acknowledge Krishna, you know, say, Jayati Jana Nivaso Deva Yadavare Janmavaro Swara, Parishatswara mm-hmm. Sana Dharmam, Dharma Sthiracharabhijinana Susmita Srimukena Rajapura Vanitanam Varya, Kama Devam should memorize that verse and then uh, keep it with you when you wake up in the morning and say it right away. And remember, uh, 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 this is something that Satyade Prabhu told me about. And he said, uh, when he gets up, first thing he does, he walks to a picture of Prabhupada and he folds his hand and says, thank you very much. <laughs> and if you try that, just try it. Go to a picture of your guru and then go to, I have Prabhupada here, Bhakti Thakur Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, I have the Acharya's in my, uh, a picture of Krishna that I you know anyway it's here my picture and you know I, so I go around to each one of them I just thank you very much try it I started doing it about a year and a half ago and it's, it's amazing how that's what I was talking about earlier how Krishna reciprocates if you just go to a picture of Krishna and you go like this and you say Krishna thank you very much your whole life will change in, in five seconds and he'll you, just reciprocate in your heart, and all, you know, you'll feel happy for thanking Krishna. That's how nice he is. What else, Shroda?
2: And I was just thinking that, that it's such a nice way to start the day with a sense of gratitude. And yeah. I remember once I stayed with Hansa Priya Mataji overnight, and the next morning when I got up, she was doing that. She was going around all the pictures, and
0: she was thanking. Yeah, it's... see, these are bhakti habits. She has bhakti habits from the time she was a child. And then you see it, it actually comes out in the personality because the person's been doing that their whole life. So Prabhupada writes in the third <laughs> chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, it's never too late to develop bhakti habits. The earlier you start, the better. If you go through your childhood and especially your teenage years and you keep these bhakti habits, you'll be shot from a cannon all the way back to Godhead, like fast. But even if you start later in life, you can develop these bhakti habits by just appreciating Krishna and doing service for him and his devotees, and your life will be saved.
2: So, chatting with you
0: on the on the chat. Radha, Radha said, um, <clears throat> please set my humble obeisance as mine to you. All good Shila felt as if we're already in Vrindavan. Well, that's what Lord Chaitanya said. That, <laughs> You should always live in Vrindavan. And if you can't be there physically, then you should live there within your mind. Always keep Vrindavan in your mind. And Vrindavan means service. If, you, if you're if you always thinking how to do service, then you, uh, for Krishna, for the Krishna's devotees, then you'll be happy and you'll be in Vrindavan because that's what Vrindavan is. Everyone there is thinking how to serve. Okay, uh,
2: it's also reminded me one time. Uh, I think you uh, you told me, like, you know, Achaman cup, Prabhu, to cle- keep clean the Achaman cup, like Pancharatrika kavidi. Like, uh, I mean, f- from there, whenever I clean my deity, uh, uh, that struck to my mind, Prabhu, that Pancharatrika kavidi
0: you told it's so keep true, up, isn't it? Yes, it's it's so true. you know, uh, uh, there was uh, somewhere I was visiting where uh i went for the tulsi puja and i saw the achman cup and it was copper and it was polished so nicely that it was shining <laughs> just from seeing that that was an udipana from seeing that one achman cup shining like that i just my mind Sattvaguna, went shooting through my mind and my heart and everything and i was able to you know have a semblance of uh, connection there with the spiritual world, just because of seeing the Achman cup. So the panchra Vidhi is, is really powerful. If you just do a little simple puja, like polish your Achman cup and offer some tulsi leaves to Krishna every day, you know, just going out to to pick tulsi uh, for for the Lord, that in and of itself, that I mean, what better austerity is that? To maintain a tulsi plant. And then you go out and you take a, a few, you know, mungeries back and then you offer them to Krishna on his lotus feet. You can't beat that. That's, that's the topmost yoga system. And that's, thank you. The, uh, that's the kind of austerity we should do. Thank you. Oh, thank you, SKB. It's so good to see you. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for um, joining in. And uh, great to see devotees from all over the creation. And please take care of yourselves, be cautious, but not afraid, and keep the bhakti habits going because um, this is just a a little launching pad we're on right now. This earth planet is the perfect place to launch from. We're right in the middle, uh, we're right at the the ground floor where you can make it out of the material world. Anybody want to go? Vantika's hand went right up. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Namrata, thank you. Yeah, so we can go. Krishna says, "Yanti, devan Bhutan, Yanti Bhuta, Yanti, mam, Yanti, mam, you can come to me," he said. You can come to me. Just put your attention there and you'll go, because where attention goes, energy flows. So worship Krishna's lotus feet and chant his names and think of him all the time. Put the form of the Lord in your mind, and then keep the mantra going and do, uh, do what service you can. Hare Krishna. Natcharial Marman. Naturial <Sessizlik> Marman. Naturiyar Marman. Natariyal Marman. Hey, Natriy Yarmarman. Nataly Armarman. Natariy Armarman. Natarial Marman.